Welcome to Busted Biscuits. I'm Jen Stanley. And I'm Jill Super. And today we are continuing our series on trust and attachment styles. Yes. Today we are going to dive into the avoidant attachment style. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, this was, this was a, you know, an interesting one, right? Yeah. I guess they're all interesting, but like to really lead and read and understand this type has been really cool. It has. I think. So the book that we're using is called Attached. It's by Amir Levine and uh, Rachel Heller. And so we, we've said this every episode that um, you can go on our website to find it. And so you go to um, bustedbiscuits.us yep. and then click on podcast and there's show notes. And so you'll find information there. Our, our podcast is uploaded there. And so um, you can find our episodes that'll, it'll send you to Spotify, I think, and you can watch them or listen to them. And so then, um, but if you want to get this book, you can, you can find it there. We also have a, um, a survey on there, like a assessment that you can take that helps you to determine what style you are, because sometimes you may, it may not be very clear as to what attachment style you are. If it's between like, um, a, anxious, avoidant, secure, or combined. Mm-hmm. And so then that assessment will kind of help you figure that out. And so also in this book, there is an assessment you can do on your partner. Like, you know, you can assess their behavior and kind of determine what style they are. So you can have a better idea, nice. you okay. know, of what's happening. So now the book that we're using is really focusing on like dating relationships. But, you know, we want to be clear to say that there's a lot of, of overlay when it comes to like friendships. Yes. You know, and so like there's... um there's a need to connect emotionally. Mm -hmm. And so then these particular attachment styles impact your ability to connect. Yes. And so we want to make sure that you kind of get a framework for that. Yeah. And I would say, go back and listen. If you haven't listened to the previous two episodes, go back and listen to them as well. Finish this one first, but (laughs) go back and listen because you, you need the whole, the whole scope of it. Yeah. Paint the picture. Well, and so, um, um, let's see, have you anything you've picked up that you like were surprised by so far? Um, in the ones that we've already kind of, in the uh, anxious Previous ones that weeks, we discussed. Uh-huh. Um, there was lots of things. Uh, go back to the research that, you know, was done uh-huh. about the, in the 1920s and the book that was out. That's just, that still sits with me. I mean, yeah. we're, we're on week three and I'm already like, oh, that's just crazy to think yeah. that, that that really happened. Um, and then um, with anxious, it's just a lot to carry. Yeah. A lot to carry. Um, I'm, I'm Excited to dig into the avoidant, though. How about you? Well, I think, you know, I agree. The The book stuff from the 1920s and the parenting style and, you know, not you don't want to overlove your child. Sounds crazy, <laughs> right? And then, but it makes so much sense when you look at those generations to understand yeah. it. I think that's yeah. one thing. And then I think in the, the anxious one, um, that... That would be a, one that I could relate to. You know, I, I think um, I'm in a secure place now, but there's definitely been seasons of in friendship and in dating relationships that I could have been in that anxious, you know, group. Particularly that that question or that statement of um, if they really knew who I was, then they wouldn't like me. You know, yeah. that was definitely yeah. something that I had to come out from underneath um, and and to stop believing to be true. But I've definitely seen that, you know, in friendships like being anxious and and worrying about any any change because like. The anxious type, you know, has the ability to kind of read the room, so to speak. They can, mm-hmm. it says, you know, you can assess any change that's happened. And so then I do think I have a sensitivity to those shifts, mm-hmm. you know, but something I've had to learn is like not to take ownership that that shift is because of me. Yeah, I was going to say super skilled at it, but yeah, the root of it is usually where we go awry. Right. And so <laughs> then, yeah, you got to figure out, you know, do I take that on? Do I notice that there's a shift? Do I need to acknowledge it or do I let it go? And so like, I think that that would be something that, that I've had to grow in. So like notice the change but then how do I apply it nice yeah so the avoidant one this is the next one and so this is like the complete opposite of the anxious mm-hmm. right they're the ones that um, aren't looking for connection 
Like they want to be connected, but they don't want to lose their independence and freedom. Right. Because they, they perceive intimacy and connection to be a, a threat to their freedom. It's crazy. And yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. So like, so the avoidant type, these are like created from like hostile conditions so that um, where it was safer to be detached than it was to um, rely on other people. Like they need to be self-sufficient. And so like, I think you could see this in like chaotic homes, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, where, um, I don't know, maybe the parents aren't available or there's a lot of abuse or, um, you know, you maybe you're a latchkey kid and never saw anybody. And so yeah. like it was easier just to make sure that you took care of yourself than it was to try to have anybody um, taking care of you, mm-hmm. you know? So like there's a myriad of ways that you get to this point, but essentially it's about, you feel like you feel safer when you're only worried about yourself. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it is crazy, but I think about like we talked a little bit about last time, how I identified with both the anxious and the yes, avoidant and I was equally both, right? Yeah. And and so I sit here and I, I think about what you're saying and I'm like, okay, yeah, well, that is me, right? Uh-huh. You came from this disruptive, chaotic environment and yes. you ha- you're expected to kind of come out of that and, you know, live a life. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. It took a long time to get past some of that and to feel the need to, like, even to this day, I still... I still do a lot of these things as, as we were kind of prepping and talking about some of these things. I was like, Oh, I've, I, I do that still to mm, this day. I still yeah. do these things. So it, I'm, I can understand why people are there, yes. but I also, uh, sort of came out on the other side of it, you yeah. know, working through it. And so I can say that if you, if you, same as last time, if you are aware and mm-hmm. you, you can see it coming, you know, see yourself in these moments and, and recognize what's happening it's going to help you to kind of shift and transition and allow yourself to connect to people and rely on people and build that trust. Yes. So excited. Yeah. And so like, so if you see yourself in this, absolutely. Like you don't have to stay here. You yeah. know, if it's something yeah. you're unhappy with, mm-hmm. you know, so like someone may be very happy with an avoidant attachment style and not want to change that, you know, and that's their right. It's a free country, right? Yep. They yep. can do that. <laughs> but, the, but they may be able to listen and see why their, their relationships look the way that they do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So avoidance are less happy and satisfied in their relationships than other styles. They aren't happy with them. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, For avoidance, it's very important for them to maintain their independence and their self-sufficiency. And they often prefer to be autonomous as opposed to being intimate in relationships. So they'd rather be on their own than have to be intimate with someone. Even though they don't want to be close to others, they feel uncomfortable. Excuse me. Even though you do want to be close to others, you feel uncomfortable with too much closeness and tend to keep your partner at arm's length. If you don't spend too much time worrying about your romantic relationships or about being rejected, you don't do that. You don't spend time doing that. And you tend not to be open to your partner and they often complain that you're emotionally distant. In relationships, you're often on high alert for any signs of control or impingement on your territory by your partner. Yeah. And so then what's interesting, so the, the anxious ones are watching for the shift and change, like in the relationship and like, is, is there a rejection happening? Is there a, um, you know, have I done something to, to upset my partner? So they're on high alert. And so the avoidant attachment style is on high alert for any signs that they're going to lose their independence. Isn't that wild? It is. It is. And it's, it's so hard to, to imagine two of these people together, which I guess is why you say you said last week it doesn't always work. Not the best pairing, right? Because they're kind of feeding oh, off yeah, of each so, other and they get in some big circle, continuous, yes, continuous so, chaos. So avoidance don't they said they don't have enough glue to stay together. So yeah. avoidant and avoidant aren't dating partners. That it just doesn't work, right? But so avoidant and, and anxious, anxious yeah. mm-hmm, and then avoidant and secure would be 
um, the types that are dating. So go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm processing through like the, the high alert and the signs for, you know, that, that coming into my territory, right? Like I have it together. I don't need your help. I don't have, ha- that's in my head. That's what I hear. Like mm. I, I can do this on my own. I don't need you to do this. I'm, I, and, and as a matter of fact, I really don't want you to do this yeah. with me. Right. Like that's the point they get to, I think. Um, I, I don't need or want you to in, intrude into this space because I now, the chaos that I used to live in is now controlled in this, in this yeah. bubble. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the avoidant attachment style always manifests itself. Like this isn't something that you can really hide very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it determines what you expect in a relationship and how you interpret romantic relations, romantic situations. So like you, this is just so much of who you are that you can't hide it. Cause sometimes the anxious type can hide it. They just don't overly express how they're feeling. They just kind of keep it all internal. Yeah. Well, we talked about that even when you mm-hmm. first start dating someone, you know, those first few weeks you don't let on and yeah. then suddenly you let on and they're like, Whoa, who yeah. are you? <laughs> yes. Yes. And so, um, for someone that's, that's avoidant, like they just can't, they can't hide it. It's just so much of how they feel that it can't be avoided like that. Um, that makes sense because they never want you to encroach in their space, right? Like right. They're they're like, okay, let's let's first date. Here's my wall. Yeah, it's high. Yeah, stay on your side. <laughs> yes. So for whatever reason, that scene in Dirty Dancing that that this is your dance space, this is my dance space, <laughs> you know, came into play. Like he's like, yeah, you stay on your spot, and I'll be in my spot. Um, avoidants are quick to think negatively about their partners. They see them as needy and overly dependent a major element in their view of relationships that, but they ignore their own needs and fears about relationships. So like it's, they aren't able to see it for themselves. Like they're all, they interpret everything because it's someone else's problem. Yeah. Like they have no insight into what their role of it is. So like if you're wanting to connect, that's too needy, Um, you know, or, you know, you need me too much. And so it's not that I, I need my space. It's like that you're, you need too much. Well, and it's, yeah. And it's almost like they've, this is sad to say they've almost gotten to the point in their life where they're like i i no longer need the connection right Mm -hmm. like that's what we're talking about i no longer need this in order to be happy to feel fulfilled to be in a relationship i can i can sleep next to someone but i don't have to actually be connected to them well what it feels like well because what they're saying is it's safer it's safer for me to not have to depend on anybody else like the only person that i can depend on is me but that's lonely it's absolutely lonely Absolutely, it is. Okay. Um, avoidance may describe themselves as free spirits, but instead, this is a, dis- a defensive stance that they adopt to make them seem that way. So it's kind of like a, a oh. facade that they put on, like, oh, just kind of happy doing yeah. my own thing. Um, you know, <laughs> a rolling stone takes no moss or like grows no moss. What do you do to moss? A rolling stone, what? Grows moss? no moss. Grows no moss. Okay. <laughs> so, like, you know, I just keep moving, I keep doing what I want to do, but. Um, but they're just trying to make sure that, that it seems that they seem that way, that they want to be seen that way. Well, when I go back, yeah, I go back to what you said earlier, like, uh, you know, it doesn't mean you have to change. If you're perfectly content with that, you can be that way. Yep. But, you know, from my perspective, living in it and then walking out of it, I'm like, oh, that was it was hard. Yeah, it was hard to be alone. Uh huh. But yet wanting to not be alone. Right. That's the conundrum. Yeah. So next statement, avoidance feel a deep rooted aloneness, even, <laughs> even while in a relationship, they connect with romantic partners, but always maintain some mental distance and escape route. Uh, feeling close and complete with someone else is very difficult to maintain. Like they're always looking for the door. I will not disagree with that. Really? Tell me mm-hmm. more. Oh, no. I mean, I've used my marriage as an example in the early stages of my marriage. I, I was married young had three kids, divorced, 
and then struggled again with like trying to find someone to connect to because I just didn't know how. Yeah. Um, and and when I met my husband, it was it was exactly that. Like I wanted to be with someone, uh-huh. but I didn't want I didn't want to re- rely on him. Right. Uh-huh. I didn't want to trust that he was going to be there long term. So I, I've I've been in this this place where it just feels I, I can't explain it. It's like. It's like wanting and needing something so much, but then when you get it, you're suddenly claustrophobic and you can't stand the fact that it's near you. Huh. It's it's like this. It's very strange. I'm sure someone out there will identify with that, but right. please email us <laughs> at bestedbiscuits3.gmail at gmail.com. Yeah, we need to hear from you. Yeah. Keep going. Um, but it does. It, it's just this. It's just this strange feeling like, please, 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 I just need it to feel whole. But oh my gosh, I've got it and I can't trust it. And it's better to hold it at arm's yeah. length. Yeah. It's That's just, interesting. It's well, um, I, I think I definitely have seen this type of personality style um, with my clients. And I'm always feeling very challenged by it because like I want to connect with them. I want to show them that they have the opportunity to connect, uh, you know, emotionally in this way. And so... Um, so that's when my pushiness comes out, right? That I've talked about. <laughs> and so that, you know, trying to draw it out of them, draw, you know, say it's okay to trust and like teaching that skill. And so, I mean, they don't always like it, but like, yeah. I always like, I see this person is like, oh, I just want you to know that you can connect emotionally with somebody. Yeah. Well, when I go back to the fact that I was both, so it it, it was always a back and forth, right? But mm. if I'm if I'm truly thinking of those moments where I was like, I don't need you. I, I really was happier alone. Huh. Like I really, truly felt happy alone. How do you feel now? okay with it (laughs) you're okay with being alone I'm okay with having friends and being involved with people's lives it's fine (laughs) Jill is still adjusting to her newfound it actually is good but I find myself like there's a core part of me that is still there right and so I do have to take time for myself like I find it very important to be alone to not interact to not engage like I'm just I I have to go to my bubble and know that like okay I'm here it's fine I'm gonna go back out and and interact some more but I I need that do you think that's an introvert extrovert thing or avoidant um anxious thing like you know the you, you can connect with people but you need time to yourself I would say it's it may be partly the avoidant thing because okay. I find like relation I find relationships taxing like it takes a lot of effort mm. for me to interact and do the things and so I don't know it's a fine line right like introvert or avoidant yeah. I mean for me I'm, I'm okay alone yeah like I don't need I don't uh-huh. technically don't need people but I understand the need for people and to have people in my life but I still re- I, I still need that yeah that alone time I don't know good question well, right, right? So, no I don't know yeah I definitely know for me like I can I refill my cup by being alone like definitely okay. and but but I'm the opposite where you're like you you get drained by um spending too much time with people right being mm-hmm. around people all the time like I still like I like have a hard time not in, like inputting my input to someone, you know, like going, Oh, I see. Let me, let me tell you what I think about the situation. Right. And so then like, where you would like shy away from that. Like I have a tendency to put my nose in places that I probably don't, shouldn't, you know, or, or I'm happy over here going, yep, that's you can. Oh, uh, I'm sorry about that. Keep going. Yeah. And I'm like, we should talk. Jen's I need, over here. You can like, <laughs> I see a problem here. Hi, my name is Jen Stanley. I know I don't know you, but I see a challenge. Can we talk about this? <laughs> so yeah, oh yeah, it is very different. Okay. So then, now the next thing we're going to talk about is these deactivating strategies and so this is any behavior or thought that is used to squelch intimacy so what we're going to read here are these things and behaviors that someone with the avoidant attachment style um, is going to um, engage in to try to keep you at arm's distance 
Yeah, they're going to convince themselves of this, I guess. Yeah. Mm. So if you are um, avoidant, you may do these things. Or if you're dating someone that's avoidant, you may see these things. So saying or thinking, I'm not ready to commit, but staying together nonetheless, sometimes for years. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I know a couple of those. I do too. I, yeah, there's definitely been examples that have come to <laughs> mind throughout this whole series. Um, focusing on small imperfections in your partner, the way that he or she talks, dresses, eats, or fill in the blank, and then allowing it to get in the way of your romantic feelings. Like the way he chews his food is meh, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. Or like when he and clears I will his not throat. Marry him. No. <laughs> right. I can't stand the, yeah, the way he clears his throat, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. So, you know, finding just a silly thing that doesn't matter, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, if you love them as a person, then it doesn't matter, right? Or they might be pining after an ex. So like they believe the best in the person that they used to date. And so then um, they spend all this time thinking, oh, I wish we were back together. I wish I had that relationship. Um, they may spend time flirting with someone else, a hurtful way to introduce insecurity into the relationship. So like they'll flirt right in front of you, mm. you know, or you flirt right in front of your partner because you're basically saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not so attached to you that I can't be looking for something else. Ugh. Yeah. Not saying I love you while implying that you do have feelings toward the other person. So it's like this push pull. There's, the, oh, there's yeah, their push pull. Yeah, yeah. Right? They want you to stick around, but they're not going to say I yep. love you, but I care about you. <laughs> you know? I think Those very deeply about out. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, pulling away when things are going well. So like not calling after a really great date. So like you have a good time and things seem to be going well and then they don't call you. Like, you're like, what just happened? Like, I thought things were really good. Like, why wouldn't you call? Right? Because it makes sense, though. Right? Because you're like, oh, crap. We're on the way to an intimate yeah. road here. Like, we're, we are oh, getting it means cl- I have, connected. Yeah, I have to do something more. Like, I have wh- to give more. I have to be Where's more. Where's the brakes? Cool. I got to <laughs> put the brakes on. Um, forming relationships with an impossible future. Like, being with someone who's married. Or maybe oh. someone that's, like, in another country. You know, yeah. you know, just doing your best to not, I guess that would be like a virtual relationship, but, you know, doing something that never really could come to fruition. Um, checking out mentally when your partner's talking, like that's the way of like, I just, I'm not even interested. Like they just show that they're not paying attention because they don't care how you feel. That's the message yeah, they're trying yeah, to send. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What do you say? Well, I was thinking back to like when we did our listening session, right? Like our episode and we were talking about listening and checking out mentally. Like I think I find myself sometimes getting a little bit distracted, but I come right back because I'm invested in what the person is saying. But this is a difference you're talking about literally like really making it known that Mm -hmm. you are not interested in what's being talked about. I could care less. Yep. Um, Keeping secrets and leaving things foggy, like to maintain your feelings of independence. So you don't like clearly say what you're doing. Or what you're not doing. I've been in a relationship like that once. Mm. Oh, that was hard. Yeah. Yeah. And? It makes you realize really quickly, like, this person is not into this. Yeah. And is not into having a relationship. Interesting. Yeah. Um, avoiding physical closeness. Like, like if you're married, like, not wanting to share a bed or uh, not wanting to have physical intimacy or maybe walking several strides in front of your partner. Hmm. You know, like, just like, um, just don't want to be physically close at all. That makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Well, no, so, th- so th- that's all those behaviors. And okay. so essentially like if you, if you're feeling too close, like these are all the things that you could, you know, do. And like, again, just like we've said in previous episodes, like it, they don't have to necessarily be exactly like this, but it's really anything to avoid intimacy. Right. They right. Engage in that. Um, so these small everyday deactivating strategies are tools you unconsciously use to make sure that the person that you love or will love won't get in the way of your autonomy. So like your independence is so important that you do not want to lose that. And so you're not going to pick a person who impinges upon that. Yes. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, you're going to like set this huge wall. Yeah. But it's surprising to me that avoidance don't work well with avoidance. 
Because if that was the case, like, I'm an avoidant, you're an avoidant, we're happy on our own, but we'll come together and we'll be in this relationship. I mean, obviously, there is probably very minimal emotional attachment. I'm thinking they're going, I'm like, that sounds miserable. Like, nobody, like, me caring about any, like, you know. Yeah, I mean. Basically, so one of them doesn't call and the other one doesn't care, so then they don't get together. I'm like, well, I guess this is over. Even if you're in a relationship and you're slightly avoidant, like, neither one of you really care but you'll just do it because you're supposed to do it right like i feel like that is that could be a well, thing okay but here's the thing we are interested in healthy relationships that's what busted biscuits is about so but if you already have an, some sort of an attachment style that might might you know be a little bit different or might not allow you to connect as well is that not normal to to want to find something like that i don't well okay so I'm dependent on the book that we read, okay, right? Fine. So yeah. I don't know that we talked about that. But I guess my, my reaction is like, that just sounds terrible. Yeah, it does, like, but... Nobody's meeting anybody's emotional needs. Like, to me, that sounds like um, someone that just, they hook up and that's it. You know, like, there's just nothing there, right? <laughs> like, right you know, that's, that's what I hear with that. Like, there's fair. just no, there's no connection. And so that ultimately, that's not what we want in relationships. Like, no one's satisfied with that. If we go back to, you know, the beginning, it said that, that avoidance are the most dissatisfied with their relationships. So there's a part of them somewhere that wants some closeness and wants to be seen because we all want to be seen, but they're so afraid of losing their independence and like needing to depend on someone or to count on someone that like that overrides their need to be connected. Okay. So yeah, I just don't know. Like, but I, let's be fair though. Jen Stanley likes to connect. And so then, <laughs> so I'm going to be like, this sounds awful, right? Like, so I have a hard time envisioning like why two people that don't want to emotionally connect to each other, like why they would spend time together. That just feels so, um... I don't know, just challenging. Empty. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. empty, yeah. Yep. Okay. So many avoidance confuse self-reliance with independence. So self-reliance diminishes the importance of getting support from other people, cutting yourself off from an important lifeline. Self-reliance forces you to ignore the needs of your partner and concentrate only on your own needs, preventing you from being a part of something greater than yourself. So independence is different than self-reliance. So self-reliance is like, I only need to worry about myself. Like I can only count on myself. And so when you do that, you isolate and then you don't get to be a part of something bigger. Like you don't get to be a part of a unit that like, you know, collaborates and does things together. Because you don't want to let someone in. Correct. You don't want to trust them enough to Correct. let them in. Correct. Um, so avoidance, see the worm and not the apple. Mm. So they see the worst in their partners instead of the best. Even when their partner does something warm and supportive, avoidance see the worst. This is based in their generally dismissive attitude towards connectedness. So they're going to find whatever's wrong because like they aren't, they are not wanting to have to admit that there's good in their partner. Got it. And so they're going to find the worst. Like, man, they're, you know, they, they wear that purple shirt too many times. I can't do this. <laughs> you know, like just something <laughs> dumb that doesn't yeah. even make sense. Right. Yeah. They just try to find something uh, separate. Um, avoidance train themselves not to care about their partner's emotional well-being. That makes my heart mm. hurt. Ugh, why would you do that? Why would you purposely do that? Yeah. Well, again, it's to protect themselves. I know, but... I know, but it, it just makes my heart heavy. It's like, oh, that's what we need. Like, people want to be connected. And so then that you're teaching yourself to ignore it. Mm. So avoidance embrace the notion of the perfect partner. So this allows the avoidant to believe that any issues in the relationship belong to their partner, that he or she just isn't good enough. So we're back to like the avoidant doesn't have any insight that, that they are part of the problem. They mm -hmm. only see it as their partner's issues. Like, well, we're not, you know, they're too needy. That's why this isn't working. You know, they want to spend time together all the time. That's why this it isn't makes working. makes perfect sense in my head. Like if yeah. I think back, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's like, you're, oh, they just need too much for me. 
They, they want to talk about their feelings all the time. Who wants to do that? You know, me, I do. So <laughs> I want to talk about your feelings all the time. Um, Thank goodness Todd Stanley is not. Well, an you know, right. <laughs> yes. Bless his heart. Like he's had to, he's had to learn. He's had to come along. Like we're having conversations about your feelings. Get ready. Buckle up. Um, let's see. So, okay. Avoidance focus on the phantom X. Since they are no longer with that partner, they can easily forget what was wrong with the partner when they dated him. They did them. Now that now that the risk for closeness has abated, so they don't have to worry about trying to be close because they're not in this relationship anymore. The avoidant now sees the ex as a perfect and perfect person and longs to reconnect. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh well, now that I don't have to connect to you, I can see all the things that are great about you. True. And then when your current partner understands that you are thinking about your ex, that makes them think they're not good enough. Which, if they're anxious, that means they're, they're like, yeah, try yes. harder to, to to connect, which then makes the avoidant person more annoyed, and then <laughs> thus the cycle. So interesting. Oh, wow. So again, avoidance rarely search inside themselves for the reason for dissatisfaction. It is all external. So back to the anxious person. The anxious person feels like whatever's going wrong is because of them. them, Yeah. Yeah. They feel like they've done something to cause this change. And the avoidant person thinks it's everybody else. Like they don't think it's them at all. Well, if you think about your your relationships in your your late teens and your early 20s and, Mm -hmm. you know, until you find somebody that you... You stay with for a little while longer. They all kind of are that way, right? Like we've all been in, I think, you know, you could say like been in that relationship. Yeah. Um, and, and you can see when you look back, you can see like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I yeah. took it, you know, they gave it, I took it on and yeah. that's how we went. Yeah. And that just developed, like you said last episode about touching the stove and you learn the lesson. This is the lesson that I've learned from the last two relationships I've been in, mm-hmm. not really thinking like, how do I change that? How do I, you know, how do I, how do I look at that differently in order yep. to be able to understand? But, but why, you know, oh, wow. Okay. Yes. yes. So in dating relationships, avoidance do these things. So they send mixed signals. They value his or her independence greatly. They devalue you or previous partners. Um, they use distancing tra- strategies like emotional or physical, like they do their best to like not be available to you emotionally or maybe physically they don't come over. They don't spend time with you. Um, they emphasize boundaries in a relationship. They have an unrealistic romantic view of how a relationship should be. So that, and then you never meet that, you, you know? And so then yeah. they're just like, well, see, you don't hit my, you're not perfect. So uh, they miss, they're very mistrustful. They are fearful of being taken advantage of by a partner. They have a rigid view of relationships and uncompromising rules. So during a disagreement, um, they need to get away or they explode. They don't make their intentions clear. And then they have difficulty talking about what is going on between you. Like they don't want to talk about those things. Okay. So you have to feel the feels. Now, so this is probably not very fair or accurate, but like as I'm reading this person or like these traits, I really attribute them to males. Like, I have a hard time seeing females that do this. Well, I was going to ask you that same question because, I, and, but then I think back to that episode we did about, uh, you know, being disconnected. Uh-huh. And so what's the difference between being disconnected and being an unavoidant attachment type? Hmm. Like I, you know, as a disconnected man, I may not give my emotions freely, yeah. but I'm, I'm providing for your support, right? Uh-huh. Like, um... Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like I'm give, I'm doing the things that I feel like you need. I'm at least considering you in this relationship. Uh-huh. Whereas avoidant is truly like, yeah, no, I, I can't even consider your needs. Yeah. So I think there's there's a slight 
a, a difference, but you do have to kind of hone in on it and figure out which is which in that situation. Yeah. So like, I think it's interesting that you connect to this because like, I feel like these are dominantly male traits, but that, mm, I, no. I, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Do you know other females that you, that have lived this? Um, I trust that they're oh, yeah. out there, but I, oh yeah. Okay. I do. Okay. Uh, I, yeah. I would say yes. Okay. Yeah. I can think about a couple of them. Hmm. Um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no names, please. No, no. Right. Don't okay. give me any names. But as we were going through earlier, I like seeing the the worm, not the apple. When you had said that okay. earlier, and okay. um, you know, always seeing the worst in people. Uh-huh. There are some people where I realize that may be the case, and I know some of their history and know what they've been through, and I realize now, like that is where they sit, right? They 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 want so badly, but they are not willing to let them in and trust. Yeah. And so ah, that. It's hmm. making my heart hurt a lot more. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, and um, and again, we can see these things in friendships. We mm-hmm. can see people doing this in a in a friendship relationship, like you know, seeing the worst and not the best, and like you know, saying I don't need to be in this friendship because you know that I don't need to rely on you, you know, yeah. or don't depend on me. I'm not going to be there. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's all through connecting to people. So when an anxious and an av- and avoidant person date, this is what you see: an anxious person wants closeness. Avoidance want to maintain some distance, emotional and or physical. Anxious are very sensitive to any signs of rejection, while avoidance send mixed signals that often come across as rejecting. Hmm. Anxious find it hard to tell them directly what you see. Find it hard to tell them directly what you need and what's bothering you, and then you use protesting behaviors instead. Avoidance are really bad at reading your verbal and nonverbal cues and don't think it's their responsibility to do so. So you get these anxious that are totally tuned in, like watching your every move. Like, oh, did they like it? Did they blink three times? Like, you know, is this, oh, you know, I think they're happy about this. Like they kind of grinned when an avoidance like, what, what? Like, you, I don't know what you're talking about. Like they just not, don't even notice and they don't even think they should be tuning into it. Like, Why not, does that matter? Yeah. It's like they're not they don't yeah, feel responsible yeah. to it at all. Um, anxious needs to be reassured and feel loved while avoidance tend to put you down and to create a distance as a means to deactivate their attachment system. So they, they try to put you in your place or tell you that you're not um, good or that there's something wrong with you. Um, Anxious needs to know exactly where they stand in the relationship and avoidance prefer to keep things fuzzy. Even if your relationship is very serious, they, they make question marks. Like they still have question marks in the relationship. So they like anxious are like constantly saying, what are we? You yeah. Know, name this relationship. And then avoidance are like, oh, you know, yeah, we're just hanging yeah, out. Why do we have to put it in? We're not anything it. exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this last section here is about common thoughts and emotions and reactions that someone with avoidant um, attachment style would, would engage in. Okay. Hit us. Okay. Thoughts. All or nothing thinking. I knew she wasn't right for me. And this proves it. Overgeneralizing. I knew I wasn't made to be in a close relationship. Um, He or she is taking over my life. I can't take it. Now I have to do everything his or her way. The price is too high. I need to get out of here. I feel suffocated. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) If he or she was the one, this kind of thing wouldn't happen. When I was with blank X, this wouldn't have happened. There's malicious intent. He or she really only is only out to annoy me. It's so obvious. He or she just wants to tie me down. This isn't true love. They fantasize about having sex with other people. They believe that they'll be better off on their own. And they, th- they say things like, oh, she's so needy. It's pathetic. Or he's so needy. It's pathetic. Um, emotions that someone with avoidant attachment style has. Uh, withdrawn. Frustrated. Angry. 
pressured, unappreciated, misunderstood, resentful, hostile, aloof, and empty, deceived, tense, hate-filled, self-righteous, contemptuous, despairing, scornful, restless, and distrustful. Again, not a lot of positive emotions tied to that one, right? <laughs> no, but as you're going through that list, I started uh -huh. thinking like broadening my circle. And uh -huh. there, I know a number of people that fit this category. Yeah. Well, it's the, crazy. Well, let's hope that they decide I to do know. something different because we want everyone to connect and have friends. That's a good um, summary, though. That like really drives it home. Yeah. And so then the actions, which we kind of already, already talked about, mm -hmm. but just in case to review, they tend to act out. They get up and leave. Um, they belittle your partner. Um, say they're belittling to you. They act hostile. They look disdainful. Um, they make critical remarks. They withdraw mentally or physically. They minimize physical contact. They keep emotional sharing to a minimum. And they stop listening to you and they ignore you. Like when you're talking. <laughs> so all these things. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, you know, it's important to be, to have some awareness of this. And so if you're not happy about your relationship and where it stands and you find yourself engaging in some of these avoidant behaviors, we want you to talk to somebody, yeah. you know, several ways, like find a mentor, find somebody that seems to be secure and is having success in their relationships and talk to them and say, Hey, you know, tell me how you manage this. Tell me what you feel about this. And it's really about helping that, um, that, the avoidant person understand that um, they're not going to lose their autonomy by being in a relationship. You know, it's finding that happy place. And so when, when someone that is avoidant can be with someone that's secure, they still get their freedom, you know, but they can still be loved. And so, you know, finding, finding those people are as important. You know, and so one of the things we talked about in an earlier episode is that avoidance tend to be in the dating pool more mm -hmm. than other types because they end up the ending their relationships more quickly. You know, they just don't stick it out. Which because, makes sense. Yeah. And so then um, there's often, you know, there's people that are avoidant that are really easy to find in the dating pool. So even though there's only like 20% of them in, in um, is it 20 or 25%? Do you remember? I don't. Let me look real fast if I can find it. Um, so 25, 25% are avoidant. So that's how many people are, are in out there, you know, in the dating world. And so, um, so you, you run into this quite a bit. And so I think you can see this probably with coworkers even. Yep. You know, you can see it. Um, well, yeah. And when I expand it past like personal relationships, like uh -huh. you definitely can see that. I mean, like intimate relationships where it's like a partner relationship. Yeah. You can definitely see it. I, I see it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you look at the broader, broader um, interaction base that I have, like I can definitely see it. Well, and I think that there's probably some like stereotypes, you know, mm -hmm. on TV shows and stuff that would fit this. Like you could probably think of a character that would um, that would exemplify this type of behavior yeah. you know, in different shows. Yeah. And so it's like because they're just not not wanting to connect. So, yeah, that rough, gruff. Yeah. But, you, but like you said, we stereotype that because that feels like a, it would be a guy. Yeah. There's not always the female character, but maybe there is. I yeah. Mean, there probably is, but yeah. it's just, it's more often portrayed as a male. Right. And so, so like, again, like you saying that that's something you relate to, I think is important to consider mm -hmm. because, um, it is not just male or female. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's it both. can be anybody. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you're avoidant, if you're finding that to be true, like talk to somebody about it. Like, you know, it's really about you finding that middle ground, which is that you can have your autonomy, but you can also have your relationship. And so what that looks like and why you need it. And so if you find yourself being unhappy, it's likely because you aren't connecting, you know, like you're yep. not getting the opportunity to connect. And so it's more important to you than you think it is. Like an avoidant person is going to like downplay that that would be important because they feel like it's everybody else's fault that they can't find a good partner. And so it's like, yeah. if you can learn to connect emotionally, that's going to be huge 
and you're going to feel healthier and feel better. And it's going to be hard, yes. but it will be worth it. Yes. So, okay. So the next episode that we're going to do is talking about the secure attachment style. Mm-hmm. And so this is where 50% of the uh, our population is would identify as being secure in their attachments. And so what does that look like? You know, why would we want to be secure? You know, those are the, the, the ups and downs of that, if there are downs, like, you know, <laughs> and just, you know, how to, how to interact with people when you're, when you're secure and you're dating either an avoidant or an anxious person, you know, or you have friendships that way, like how to engage them appropriately, I think is really going to be good. And how to work in that direction if yes. you are one of these other types. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Any other thoughts? No. Okay. Till next time when we bust some biscuits. Bye,